0: opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the Country, talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And
1: great Saturday morning, Lowcountry. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, stories you know, people you know, stories you don't. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, here early this morning. Obviously, I uh, haven't had all my coffee in me yet. Again, I'm without the lovely and talented Leslie Haywood this morning as she has rounded out her summer trips, and we'll be back with us. Next Saturday morning. So, hopefully, you are off to a great start uh, for this Saturday morning, as we are as well with uh, Mr. Tim Smith, who's the president and founder of Windward Shutters, who is back in the studio with us uh, this week. Tim, thank you for coming back. Thanks for having me back. Uh, sometimes, you know, it works out where people just don't come back and we don't know what to do. So, we're right. just glad you showed up again today.
0: Well, you're welcome.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Tim, a great first uh, segment last week. Uh, you shared a lot of insight to you know, your upbringing and some of the challenges throughout life that you had faced and really the evolution of your business. And uh, we always like to kind of recap a nugget or two that we pick up along the way. And uh, when I look back over that conversation, certainly one that really stood out was the fact that your mom passed away when you were uh, a freshman in high school yeah. and how that shaped and formed, you know, kind of uh, the, the path for you and impacted uh, what you were going to do next, you end up going to the Army Reserves, and again, another element of shaping and forming your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, your conversation about starting Windward Shutters was really important um, in the fact that you mentioned, you know, businesses today, sometimes people go in spending too much money, thinking you need so much more than you actually need to start the business. And uh, I, I think I mentioned true boot, uh, bootstrapping as an example of what you you live by when you began your business. So, um, those were some great nuggets we took away. And in case somebody this morning, um, is listening that didn't get to hear the first segment, uh, two things. One, go to our website at coastalwm.com. You will see an icon for radio. Just click on that and you can certainly hear Tim's first segment. Uh, as well as all of our shows from the last four years of great leaders and entrepreneurship from here in the Low Country, um, but also Tim, if they weren't listening last week, maybe somebody out here doesn't know what Windward Shutters is. Um, give our listeners a little bit of a thirty-second
0: commercial this morning. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so Windward Shutters, we, you know, I founded it in 1996. We've been around for 22 years. We provide uh, decorative and impact-rated. Both hurricane protection and exterior shutters for businesses and homeowners, new construction, you know, retrofitting all up and down the, the um, Carolina coast. Mostly, we mostly do our work here in Charleston, but we do also do some work in North Carolina and Georgia. But uh, essentially, if it's on the outside of the house and it's a shutter or a hurricane protection, we, we offer it.
1: And what a great time to be having this conversation. Here we are at the front end of hurricane season, and unlike most people in the low country who are hoping for zero hurricanes, I can imagine a, 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 a passerby, let's not talk about yeah. it yet, but a passerby is probably pretty good for business.
0: Yeah, close calls are, are always good. We, we never want any <laughs> direct hits. That's you right. We don't want anybody right. getting hurt, but uh, yeah, close calls are, are not bad for business. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: And so... Um, by the way, I didn't give you this opportunity last week so my apologies. If somebody's out here yeah. this morning thinking, "Hey, I'd like to explore that a little more. What's your website or best way to contact you guys?"
0: Yeah, so uh had I known there was going to be something called the internet when I started <laughs> my business, uh I would have not named it Windward Shutters because Windward is probably one of the most misspelled uh words I know, but uh so it's windwardshutters.com and that's W I N D W A R D shutters plural, dot com. So uh yeah, that was uh that was one of those things you, you wish you, you learn could have taken back. Yeah, as time yeah, absolutely. On, right. But uh, technology changes things, yeah.
1: So we talked about uh, evolution of your business really began in 96, as you said, with $400 in your pocket, of yeah. which the first 300 kind of got blown.
0: Yes, um, quickly.
1: 10 years goes by from 96 to 06, and you're growing and
0: scaling the business. Yeah, we uh, we were steadily growing. You know, it took, uh, you know, I think it was six months before I sold my first job, which, you know, was a little frustrating. Um, it was a lot of work, but uh, a lot of that time was spent educating people on what hurricane, hurricane protection was. You know, it wasn't, hey, how do I differentiate myself from my competitor? It was, hey, this is what a hurricane shutter is. Would you like to buy one?
1: And by the way, I'm, I'm going to actually go down that road a
0: minute. Yeah. Um,
1: because, um, until I really dove in to prepare for the show, I didn't understand a lot necessarily about what it is and why hurricane shutters so important. Maybe give a, a little insight. This more little education on a Saturday morning about lift. Yes, what that is about
0: and why it's so important. Okay, so I, first of all, I could talk for hours I'm on this sure, subject, and and right and, you, and when we just watch <laughs> the ratings go into the toilet as I continue to uh, A brief bore every nation, bore everyone. Bore of everyone. That yeah. So you want to keep the the envelope of the building intact. And what that means is you want to keep the windows and doors from breaking. So people, a lot of people that don't understand how hurricane or hurricane damage is caused, say, "Well, why do I protect the windows and doors? I'm just going to lose the roof." Well, you lose the roof because the windows and doors get uh, jeopardized. Uh, the so flying debris is is what causes the breakage to those windows and doors. A lot of people will say, "Well." What wind speed does your do your shutters meet? You know what? Oh, hey, these windows will are tested for two hundred mile an hour winds. Well, that's, about impact? Yeah, right? that's great until a pebble hits it. You know, so it's it's what is flying around in that wind is what causes the damage. So a window gets broken, the wind gets inside the house, and now it creates lift on the roof and outward pressure on the walls. There's all kinds of other pressures going on outside. You know, winds all different speeds going around the the out over the roof outside the house on the garage door pulling the garage door out pushing it in, uh, lots of pressure changes going on. You want to keep the windows and doors from being broken. So that's really the the overall uh, content of, of the
1: protection. And like you said, education was really important. I'm assuming that's education of builders,
0: yes, and, everybody.
1: Uh, engineers, mm-hmm. and really getting it out there why there was such an important aspect to have in these
0: yeah a lot of these products had been around in Florida for a long period of time uh, and had been you know d- tested and and performed in different hurricanes Hugo was a big wake-up call for South Carolina obviously and uh, started realizing we need to change the way that these homes and buildings commercial buildings are being built um, and uh, South Carolina maybe in some ways is not quite as rapid to change as maybe some other areas of the country so i think florida caught onto this you know much quicker than south carolina did but we eventually came around and some building codes got changed and uh some of the uh work uh was maybe done for us through the years as some of those building codes improved and changed but yeah early on it was not a requirement for anything and we were selling it you know, it was kind of a peace of mind slash luxury item that people would would purchase for their homes.
1: And I know over that run from 96 to 06, uh, again, you steadily grew. I think your yes. peak, you were up to, what, 36 employees? Yeah, we
0: had thir- actually 37 employees, okay. yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just steadily grew every year. I, I was like, wow, this is great. This is just going to happen forever.
1: And so, here, and you so here I was an entrepreneur thinking, wow, this yeah. is just
0: going to keep growing. And you run yeah. your
1: models. It looks awesome. Yeah, and then I'm really good at this. the economy turns and housing
0: yeah. bubble comes, right? Yeah, somebody turned the, uh, in the south we say spigot. Somebody turned the <laughs> spigot off. Um, yeah, it was almost, it felt like almost overnight. Um, our sales uh, dropped, uh, and I tell people this, 70%. I think a lot of people think that I'm saying 17%, and no, I'm saying 70%. So, obviously, the way math works, for a 70% drop, you got to have a couple of 100% increases to get back up there. So, that was a uh, a big change for me, and, you know... My business.
1: And so, the, you know. we've had so many entrepreneurs on this show over the last uh, four years talk mm-hmm. about the impact of 08. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if they were in the building or real estate, mm-hmm. technology, banking. I mean, it impacted everybody dramatically. Yes. And so yeah. I know for you, being really in the center of that type of, of industry that was impacted so much, 08 and beyond was, was devastating, right? So yeah. let's talk about the challenges. Uh, that you went through. And as an entrepreneur, psychologically, how you had to make decisions, whether yep. that's, you know, uh, cutting expenses and the changes, and how did you adapt him as a leader in the organization?
0: Right. So, uh, first of all, this ended up taking much long. This recession lasted much, much longer, I think, obviously, than most people thought, but certainly much longer than I thought. So, a lot of the decisions I made early on were with. You know, I was thinking, okay, well, this is going to be maybe a two- or three-year thing. You know, so I operated with it being a two- or three-year thing. So basically everything that I had worked for and earned up until that point uh, went away during those years. And it it went away to make payrolls for personnel that I had no business keeping on staff. Uh, It went to pay, uh, you know, for, uh, equipment to continue to pay for equipment that I was never going to need again, just all these different things that, uh, in hindsight, obviously I would have done, I would not have spent, you know, the second mortgage on my home for payroll or to pay, you know, business bills. I would have made other decisions, but, um, it was a, uh, it was definitely a learning I- I- experience. Um, I had to let, uh, a lot of people go eventually. And, uh, the way it was described to me by one of my accountants, um, Pat Jones and, and, and Jimmy Streetman, who are, uh, also good, you know, good friends of mine, but they, they had a lot of really good advice for me and kind of drug me kicking and screaming to make some of these decisions. And, uh, I was, I was told, Tim, it's not whether these guys are gonna, you know, these gentlemen and ladies are gonna have, a job in six months, it's going to be whether you have a job. So you can either let them go now and save your business or you can, uh, you know, you can f- shut the doors. So we went through a list of each per- each person that worked for me. And this is where it got real, uh, that they would ask me a question, you know, questions. And if my responses had to do with why they were integral to my company and why I could not survive without them, they stayed if my responses were this guy's been Personal. with me for 15 years yeah. he's the hardest working guy i have he uh, his family comes to christmas dinner you know every year he's such a he's a great guy you know uh that guy had to go you know and that, and that was an unfortunate reality um i think in one week i had to let 25 people go so that was rough so when you look back over that three four five years of mm-hmm. experience
1: um hindsight is always great right oh yeah uh, now, when yeah. you look back now as an entrepreneur what are you doing differently or what would you even do differently if tomorrow we had a
0: similar economic crisis yeah okay so good good question first of all i was younger then obviously i've certainly felt much younger than i do now <laughs> i i tell people i'm a lot older on the, on the inside than i am on the outside now because of those years but I uh, figured out what diversification meant through the recession. Uh, I had all of my personal, if you want to call it that, funds uh, invested in commercial real estate. I, you know, I fancied myself a commercial real estate developer, um, and quickly found out that I uh, had chosen the wrong <laughs> secondary profession because every every bit of money was that I had, yeah, was tied towards. Now construction, real estate development, because that's where all the money was. I was like, wow, why would I do this with the money when I could go buy this property and improve it and and subdivide it and sell it? Well, I ended up with a business that was no longer generating surplus cash and tons of mortgage payments to make that I could no longer afford. So uh, the first thing I would do is create an emergency fund with – I would say a year's worth, if possible, you know, maybe more realistically, six months worth of uh, expenses, and you just can't touch it, you know, that, that, that needs to happen. Um, Everything, I think we talked about it earlier, you know, my company had grown each year, you know, 10% growth, 15% growth, 30% growth each year, just, you know, after, what, 10, 12 years, you know, obviously, this is,
1: This is the trend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, and then all of a sudden everything went, uh, you know, away. So uh, I would have uh, made those tough decisions much earlier and would have uh, not allowed my personal and emotional, uh, you know, desire to to not tell people they no longer have a job. Uh, first and, and foremost, and then I would have uh, downsized much quick more quickly than I did you know it, it took me a long it's like a, a freight a freight ship going uh, through the ocean It needs to turn around it takes about nine or ten miles um, It took a while to turn the ship around and go from thirty seven employees and manufacturing everything to getting down to you know seven or eight.
1: Well, and certainly, uh, like you said, hindsight is 2020. Yeah. Um, by the way, in case you, uh, just joined us and, and flipped on the, the switch or the dial here, you're listening to, uh, Tim Smith. who's the president, and founder of Windward Shutters here in Charleston. And he's talking about, uh, certainly an experience that we all can, uh, relate to. If you were here in 08, 09, going through this, you know, crisis with, um, uh, the economy, but certainly particularly in real estate and, mm-hmm. and, and building. Um, and, uh, Tim, you mentioned the value of having advisors on your team and you mentioned yeah. uh, Jimmy Streetman, Pat Jones, actually yeah. we do a lot of work with those guys, yeah. uh, who do great work. So it was a little shout out for you guys this morning, yeah. um, uh, but talk about the value of having advisors in your life as an entrepreneur and truly turning over certain aspects of your business to those professionals to hand instead of trying to control everything.
0: Yeah. So that didn't take long for me to figure out because I had some very poor advisors early on. And, you know, obviously it's the difference between night and day. And on the, uh, subject of Jimmy Streetman and, and, uh, Pat Jones, let me also say Brian Powers because he's a partner over there now and he's going to get angry if I don't mention <laughs> right. his name. Sorry, Brian, he certainly, yeah, he certainly helped out a lot also. So, yeah, uh, your attorney, your, uh, financial advisor, your accountant, um, those are all uh, very important people because if you're getting bad advice, um, you're doing the opposite. You know, you're you shouldn't have an advisor if if they're giving you poor advice. It's uh, it's one of those things where if you know you get what you pay for. You know, if somebody is really good at what they do, they charge a premium, and. Uh, y- Based on their reputation and referrals and everything else, there's a reason they're they're able to charge that premium, and it's because they're very good at what they do. Well, and sometimes you don't see that value until moments like that. Right? Correct, that's really yeah, where you ab- understand absolutely. what the yeah. value is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you you just you look back on. Some of the decisions you made maybe with some bad advice and then compare it to the decisions you made with good advice. And it, it really uh, it really shows itself. But, you know, nobody's great at everything. So you really you could be, you know, uh, you know, uh, phenomenal, a phenomenal businessman. You You still need. To have a great accountant to help you with all with the taxes and the bookkeeping and everything and then you know obviously an attorney and a financial advisor to, to help with everything that's going to happen uh with the kids and after uh the business and all that good stuff
1: makes sense makes sense and so um you eventually make it through certainly that era um uh barely turn of '08. barely barely. <laughs> barely yeah and uh come out of it and uh yeah. let's talk about sort of uh 12 i think you started getting your legs back yeah. about about you and so this last six years or so run what that has looked like for windward shutters
0: yeah so i was um at first i was very gun shy uh one of the things i was i remember sitting in the office with pat one day and we were talking about something and i said uh he mentioned well well don't forget that lesson or don't forget what you just said when you start making money again and that was the first time in years that I had uh, even thought about the potential to make money again. I was like, wow, that, that's a novel concept. I guess that's kind of why we're I'm here, right? I mean, because there was just years where I was just barely getting by. I was on autopilot coasting trying to keep my head above water, uh, financially. And then, yeah, in 2012, construction started to pick back up. The, the the phone started ringing more again. And, uh, we started making, you know, finally making a profit again. And I think that gun shyness probably kept me from growing as quickly maybe as I could have since then. But I just feel like, uh, I'd be an idiot if I didn't learn something from all those experiences. So we've tried to grow, uh, slowly and steadily and smartly, you know, whereas before I might say, Oh, well, I need to hire two or three more salespeople. I need to hire five more installers. Now it's like, well, maybe we should think about hiring one more salesperson. You know, I mean, let's, uh, let's be smart about this. We're in this thing for the long haul. I've been in business for 22 years. I hope to be in business another 30 um so i don't want to do anything to uh to put us back where we were in 2008 and so
1: here we are in charleston obviously economy's booming the market's booming even you know nationally but charleston uh, specifically is just on fire it has been for a while uh what do you see in terms of uh, as a entrepreneur feeding off this local community uh, as the vision going
0: forward here in the future for other people or for me both Okay. So for other people, I think that you're right. I think some of the things that we have now, we didn't have before. We didn't have a Boeing. We didn't have Volvo. We didn't have so much growth outside of the Charleston area and these other surrounding counties. This whole Conde Nast thing with the number one, you know, every time I see that, I cringe a little bit because I realize how bad how much worse traffic is going to be a year from now but uh, it is great and we're you know i think people that have lived here for a, a while ha- are very proud of those things um it is a great place to live but uh there's a lot of opportunities uh you know for technology now and and certainly shipping it's a larger business now than than it's ever been uh the deepening of the harbor the expansion of the you know panama canal it's it's exciting for anybody in that industry and all these, all this manufacturing that's going on now, uh, you know, and a lot of these, you know, technology startups that are happening, software. It's all, it's all exciting. You know, I'm just a shutter guy, so it's a little bit out of my, uh, you know, uh, wheelhouse. But it is exciting to read about it and to see everything that's going on and all the jobs that are coming here. And you know, the fortunate thing for me is all those people have to live somewhere. So uh, and that. Comes with the construction, and that's what drives my business. Absolutely. Uh,
1: And in regards to uh, resources in the community as an entrepreneur, have you seen over the years uh, of your existence in in, uh, leadership and running a business uh, a change infrastructure wise in Charleston to be more? entrepreneur-friendly, business-friendly. Are you seeing a movement in that way?
0: Yes. So um, I didn't mention it before, but I took an entrepreneurship class at College Charleston that was uh, it was done by uh, Tommy Baker from Baker Motors. And I learned more in that class than I did in all my other classes combined. Uh, entrepreneurship was a very small department at College Charleston at that point. Um, I think it was... I'm not 100% sure. I think it was Jack Tate that owned uh baby like a Super baby Store. baby superstore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he donated a bunch of money to the school. They started a center for entrepreneurship and uh, they're doing great things over there. Yeah. Thriving
1: today by the way. Shout out yeah. to Dave Wyman and his team, uh Stewart over there. Those guys are all doing amazing things with entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's exciting. You know, it, there's there wasn't a lot of resources for that when I started. The SCORE was available uh, downtown, which was nice. I got a lot of good advice from some of those guys. But uh, I think the, I'm not very involved with it, but I see a lot of stuff going on, like Harbor entrepreneur Harbor Accelerator, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, all that that's, good. Yeah, that's, good stuff going yeah. on uh, in the community. Yeah. So um, one of the things we talk about
1: in this show, again, I wish Leslie was here because this is one yeah. of her favorite parts, is, again, uh, for us, it's to bring on leaders and entrepreneurs each week and uh, certainly most people know the person's name or know of their company, but our mantra is people you know – stories maybe you don't necessarily know and so uh, we're going to do a little quick lightning round. Uh, Leslie usually again facilitates this, so I'm not going to okay. give it justice, uh, but I'm going to just ask you a couple questions. I want the first word or phrase or thought that comes to mind. Uh and the first one on the list is name something that you are or a person, either one, uh, that you are most
0: proud of. Okay, I would have to say that I'm most proud of my children. I'll try not, and my voice is starting to crack cuz I That's good. We yeah. expect nothing so, less, that's right. They're, they're my world. Yeah, I have a uh, 13-year-old son that's getting ready to be 14. He's going to be starting at Wando, and uh, my daughter is 10, uh, and she's going to be in the fifth grade next year, and they're just absolutely my world, um, and they're great kids, and I'm really, uh, I'm always blown away by what good people they are. Are becoming. Good to hear. Hopefully they're um, listening to Dad this morning on the yeah, show, maybe. Right? Um,
1: yeah. How about a favorite book that maybe either you've read recently or it's certainly
0: at the top of the list that you want to read? Yeah, so my favorite book that's related to business would be E-Myth Revisited by book, Mark, yeah. Michael Gerber. Yeah, that changed the way that I did business. Uh, everything that relates to systems in that book uh, was like, – Extraordinarily h- helpful. I'm currently reading Predictably Irrational by Dan, and I'm going to try and pronounce his name Ari Arielli, Ar- 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 I believe is how you pronounce it. But he's a uh, a professor at Duke um, on behavioral economics, and just it's a book about why people make the decisions they make, and it's extremely interesting. Very good.
1: An mm-hmm. item or place on your bucket list?
0: Uh, on my bucket list is currently. I got to, I love to travel so that's one thing that uh I enjoy doing and I try and take time to do and also with my children but uh the the thing on the horizon currently within a year is I'm going to be going to Cuba um to do some uh some tarpon fishing and to be fly fishing for fish that aren't used to seeing a fly rod or fly so Lovely. that's always like. good dumb fish is is what i like and these for the uh for the record these fish are all uh released <laughs> that's right catch and yeah, release yeah. only catch and, release and then
1: uh, anyone in your life that you have come across uh that you admire a hero anyone you just really look to uh with uh, that type of uh appreciation
0: yeah that would be my uh my grandfather who i lost uh earlier this year um He was 96 years old, uh, World War II vet, uh, lifelong farmer. You know, one of these people that was just like pillar of his community, Uh, knew everybody, everybody loved him, and, uh, you know, I miss him. He gave me a lot of great advice and was very frugal, so that was uh, something that, uh, you know, maybe I should have learned a little earlier from him, but I certainly eventually, uh, you know, Started heeding more and more of his advice, but, uh, yeah, he's my hero. Great, Tim.
1: Tim Smith, president and founder of Windward Shutters. Thank you for your time, your story. Really appreciate you sharing it with our listeners. Here on Beyond the Business, heard exclusive on 94.3 WSC every Saturday morning from 7.30 to 8. And, again, if you happen to miss one of our episodes or want to go back and hear Tim's show from last week, simply go to our website at CoastalWM.com, click on the radio icon, and at your listening pleasure, you can listen to all of our stories from the last four years. And, Charleston, until next Saturday morning. Have a blessed week. Thank
0: you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 730 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.